It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Postcast here from Madison Square Garden after the Utah Jazz fall to the New York Knicks by the final score of 106-101. A lot of really big positives in the night tonight by the Jazz, predominantly the play of Rodney Hood, but the Jazz unable late in the game to pull it off. Just not able to get stops, not able to hit shots. Just course of the game, what's your thought? Well, I'm, I'm not so sure that the Knicks, I'm, I was impressed with the way the Jazz played. Uh, not impressed with the way they finished the ball game, and I'll and I tell you why. Is that I thought in the first quarter there was a lot of ball movement, a lot of body movement. You know, the drawn kick, you know, how they work on it in the practice, really penetrating and looking for the open man. I thought once in the fourth quarter that they start playing late in the shot clock and started to play just a two-man game, and I thought that hurt them a little bit. There were some interesting defensive things, too. The Jazz really exploited Chris Tapps, Przingis, and Ennis Cantor for almost all the first half. I mean, they went at them all the time, and then the game swung when Kurt Thomas and Kyle O'Quinn were in the game, and then Ennis Cantor never plays the fourth quarter because the Jazz, and so they were able to help out a little bit onto Przingis, and the Jazz couldn't get Przingis into the pick-and-rolls the same way. When Cantor's on the floor, you're trying to not get... Hornacek's doing things to not let Cantor get in the pick and roll. So then Przingis ends up in it. But when Przingis was out of the game, was the only one in the game, he was able to hide him a little bit. Yeah, that, you're exactly right. And it was not Przingis or um, or Cantor in that third quarter, especially late in that third quarter when, when the Knicks started to catch fire. As I mentioned, 61% in that third quarter. And they ended up making 11 of 18 shots and really got themselves back in the ballgame, gave, gave themselves a chance to win it there in the fourth quarter. Big story for the Jazz is how good Rodney Hood was, and this continues at a consistency level out of him for five or six, seven games. I'm not sure we've ever seen. Tonight he did it with 30. Yeah, Rodney Hood, I, I think, is getting in that comfort zone. And, and, and you know, some guys can play that six-man role, and, and I think he's that pressure of getting off to a good start in that first quarter by being a starter I think is off his shoulders. And, and and he's playing a lot better. That's good for Donovan Mitchell because I think he's a he's a quick starter and he's he's learning. And this is I think in the long run this is really going to work for for Quinn Snyder. So Donovan Mitchell opens the game at home, first time ever at Madison Square Garden. He has 17 in the first half. I believe he finished the night. Sorry, looking up on the sheet we have in front of us with only 19. He only had two in the second half tonight. What changed from the first half to the second half? I, I, I really thought that there was a time there where Quinn would pull him out and, and didn't get him back into the ball game. He didn't get a chance to get into that rhythm. He like blew he a bunch of a defensive assignments he, in the third exactly. quarter and got himself yanked. As a matter of fact, I think it was two consecutive assignments that he blew and Quinn ended up taking him out. Uh, offense was very, very good today. When you look at the ratings, the defense did not come through. So this is still the question of how do you play without Rudy Gobert. Yeah, and and it's it's obvious that the rim protection is not there, and the defense obviously changes. I mean, the offense of your opponent obviously changes because uh, Rudy is is not there. And um, wait a minute, I have to. Ron has to signal to his wife who's in the building so she knows what's going on. Yeah, well, the usher usher is trying to put her out, so I just oh. trying to make sure that they. Uh, they pretty good eyes you got there. Yeah, well, I'm sitting here looking at her. Yeah. That's how this all started, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Sitting there looking at her. I'm looking at her, yeah. Sitting there (laughs) looking at you. That's how it all starts. Um, 
Let's see. Tom says this was a really frustrating result. Zach says Donovan Mitchell for MVP. Anthony says, do we have any chance without Gobert? I, I have not decided to go back and look at this, but I probably should. I don't remember winning a lot of games two years ago without Gobert. Uh, no. As a matter of fact, uh, with Rudy having his best year ever, I don't think we did win a lot of balls. And so I think, you know, to some extent you've built the whole defense and the whole predicated around Rudy. So now you've got to figure out what you, if you're going to try to change the defense. Do you change the whole principles of the defense for a month? Do you, and then go back to the other principles when this team was still – one of the things Quinn's talked a lot about is when you have this many new guys, they're still learning the defense. And so they don't necessarily all know how the defense works perfectly. Cephalosha, Rubio, Jarebko, still having some break. Mitchell, still having some breakdowns. Udo, Udo. I mean, so most of these guys haven't played in it. Now, do you go change the entire defense for the next month and then start over again when Rudy comes back? You may have to. Well, uh, I think you grads, well, you definitely was going to have to. But, you know, how do you uh, – and, and they're welcoming back, that, that, that's for sure. I'm not so sure that the, the perimeter defense, I think, is getting better. And, you know, maybe that will help Rudy there as well. It's, it's you know, what do coaches do? I mean, they watch a lot of film and they try to figure out things and, and, and uh, according to what their opponents are like. I heard Quinn Snyder say something in practice the other day. It's, it's, it's you, what we're doing and maybe doing a little bit too much is giving our opponents the same look every time, which makes it easier to score on. Interesting, really interesting. The other one tonight I thought was interesting is how good Jarebko was against Przingis. Then late in the game, Favors has to guard Przingis. Favors was nowhere near Przingis on a major three in this game that I'd have to go back and watch film, but... I can't imagine that there's anywhere in the game plan where you're supposed to leave Przingis as open as we did for three. But maybe Derek naturally felt as though he's supposed to protect to the rim because Hardaway's the other scorer, had the ball. Whatever the answer might be, but Jarebko really did a nice job, and that's a move Hornacek made. Quinn, I think, didn't have... I mean, unless you're going to play Jarebko to finish instead of favors, I'm not sure he had a counter to it, but it was a good move by Hornacek to use Przingis at the five, keeping Canner out of the game again, and then that made it so that Favors had to guard Przingis instead of Jarebko, who really did a great job on him. He really did, and I don't think Przingis hit a three until the fourth quarter. Right. I mean, and, and Jarebko, for the most part, had knocked down some threes. And and, uh, and Jarebko is making Przingis move his feet defensively in a way that Favors couldn't. Yeah, and, and that's something I'm sure they'll look at when they watch the film for the next time we play this basketball team. So the Jazz fall to the New York Knicks tonight. We'll see if we have any other questions before we go. But Ron's wife is here, so really no questions are allowed. Um, scoring is the one thing, but for this team, scoring when it's crunch time is a whole different beast. Going into crunch time tonight, Rubio came in, but at one point we had a lineup on the floor where Donovan Mitchell was three for six and every other guy had not made a field goal in clutch time yet this year. And if you look at clutch time last year, the five guys that took the most amount of shots for us, Hayward, Joe Johnson, Rudy Gobert, George Hill, Shelvin Mack, were not available tonight for the Jazz. So that's a tonight I think they got bit by the turnover and the change in the roster a great deal. That wraps up postcast tonight because Ron's wife is here. Why else? And I'm going to go to have an 11 o'clock lasagna so I can become fat and obese. Nope. And look Dessert? Oh, and no, the only reason I'm having lasagna is so I can have the chocolate mousse. Have a good night. Rejecting the screen has been retweeted by Kobe, Dame Lillard, and Vince Carter. So it's fair to say you should give it a shot. I'm Noah Kozlov. And I'm Adam Stanko. 
Rejecting the Screen hits your feed every Tuesday and Thursday. On Tuesday, we talk hoops and a little bit of life. On Thursday, we go ISO with a guest. Stories from anyone and everyone who has touched the NBA with tales we promise you've never heard before. Find Rejecting the Screen right now wherever you get podcasts and hit that subscribe button.